Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Uh, welcome to D&D Learning the Game. My name is Jason DM and today I'm going to cover the top 10 questions that most new players when they sit down to play D&D uh, tend to ask me. I've been playing and DMing for over the last oh, four, four years now and in that time I have found it that that most when they first sit down to play with myself they'll have these questions and just covering them here in the first meeting it should mean that when you're gearing up getting ready to sit down and play it kind of covers those questions it might be intimidating to ask so first and foremost the big one what is fifth edition a lot of people ask uh so it's D&D 5E. 5E stands for 5th edition. And the reason for that is that, that Dungeons & Dragons itself is in its 5th uh, incarnation. It's its 5th edition uh, since it's been released. I believe it was released in the early 70s, maybe late 70s. Uh, and since then, it's it's essentially the, the rules for the game have been rewritten five times since then and in that time a lot a lot of different things have have changed so the way that the the attacking or uh how a certain armor reacts uh, with a certain weapon has changed and a lot of people agree that that with the release of the fifth edition it streamlined the rules a bit more it's made it it's made it easier for people to kind of grasp the the concept of what is how the rules are playing for instance uh when you say i want to attack someone the dm will say to you i'll just roll a d20 and we'll see whether or not you hit and based on the number that comes out with your attack modifier it will be a hit or a miss whereas in previous editions there was tables that had to be looked up other than that so you would have to do your roll and then you'd have to look up how effective your sword was with the armor that the enemy that you're attacking is wearing um whether or not that gives you a plus or a negative you know so it's since then that was roughly about second or third edition i believe since then they really have streamlined it so that things just roll off the tongue a little bit easier things are a little bit easier to understand the concepts of what we're talking about like armor class which is something i'm going to cover in this edition um of the podcast armor class it it used to be called thaco um so yeah forgetting that anyway <laughs> you don't need to worry about that just now uh but you didn't all you need to know is that and the, with the release of the fifth edition things have became easier so the second question that you might ask if you're new to this type of game if you're new to tabletop role-playing games what is a dungeon master so a dungeon master is the person who is the controller of the game they are there to facilitate fun they exist to make sure that you have a narrative when you start explaining what you want your characters to do so when you sit and say i want to climb up on the roof 
the dungeon master will then say, well, you're probably going to have to roll for that, or you might actually be really good at climbing, and they'll just say, well, you now do that. You are now on the roof. And it's their job to narrate the story to you based on how you interact with it, but they're also there to kind of keep things in line a little bit to make sure that things are controlled rather than allowing everything to just become some uncontrollable mess. But some dungeon masters quite like that. They they like it when their, their players start just doing crazy stuff in the game and there's no real plot to it. Teach their own. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the idea of a dungeon master. They're supposed to be the one who isn't a player. They are the controller or they are the, they are the game narration. Third question that I've got is what I was talking about earlier on. What is AC or armor class? So armor class, quite simply put, is the number that when we take into account your armor that you're wearing, the shield that you have, uh, all the little bits that accumulate together to create a number. So for instance, the armor you're wearing might give you plus two to your armor along with your natural uh, dexterity that might be, it depends on your, your class, how you base your AC, I believe. I've not got the book here in front of me. Um, but yeah, so like your AC will be based on uh, what stats get added together to create the number. It's usually roughly, for some, for people like say a wizard, it will be something quite low whereas if you're say playing a paladin usually they're the highest they're they're the the meat shield they get in the middle of things and they're the hardest to hit so the higher your number is so say it's an 18 that means the person that's fighting you has to get an 18 to be able to hit you or sorry they have to get higher than an 18 to hit you because an 18 if it's even level with your number they won't get hit. Quite a handy little piece of information, but you'll you'll learn more about that and how it actually works if you buy the player's handbook or if you just look up on online how do I work out my AC. Uh, fourth question I've got here is what classes can I play? There's, there's quite a few classes that have been built into the, the game since it was brought out in the first place. Um, the, the, the main ones, when you first pick up the player's handbook, uh, you'll, you'll start off with a barbarian, paladin, uh, you'll have clerics, you'll have rogues, wizards, sorcerers, monks. Uh, there's probably one or two that I'm missing out there. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but the classes that you that you can pick again, simple Google search. Uh, what classes can I play in D and D? Put that in the Google. The, the the most if you're a first time player and you're sitting listening to this to try and learn a little bit more about the game and and how how to get into it, I would recommend that you go with something that that quite a lot of us have naturally picked up over time. So something like a barbarian or maybe a paladin is usually the easiest when you first sit down. They're not they're not heavy on known magic and and how magic works in the game. They're more 
meat and potatoes, get in the middle of the action and start beating things up. More so with a paladin if you enjoy taking part in the role-playing aspect of Dungeons and Dragons. So being involved in conversations and being involved in the middle of the action. A paladin has a good enough uh, charisma. They have a their their one of their stats is based on how high their charisma is. So you'll usually have quite high charisma in a paladin. How do spell slots work? Is my next question that I have written down here. So spell slots, you'll be given a certain amount of them um, when you're creating your character, and then as you use each spell that isn't a cantrip, it will then expend a spell slot. As you begin to level up, you'll get more spell slots and then higher level spell slots, which allow you to do uh, level 2 or level 3 spells, so things like uh, being able to plane shift is something that you'll be able to do at a higher level as a wizard. Um, it, it took myself about a year before I even started looking really deeply at spell slots and playing wizards. I like to start, I, I, like I said, I started off with fighters, and um, that's another uh, class that you can play as well as a fighter that I forgot to mention. The reason that I, I like to play them is because they were low uh, magic based characters and didn't require me to be uh, thinking about, right, how do these spell slots work? How is it that I make sure that I'm on top of them and, and making sure that I rest up so that I refill them as well? So next question that I've got is what weapons can I use? So it's all based on what you're proficient with. Uh, when you first start creating your character, you'll see it'll mention weapons that, that you're proficient with in that class. Uh, so things like, say, again, going back to Paladin, it'll be martial weapons. So that's things like swords, maces, I think even uh, javelins fall into that. Uh, so anything, you, when, when you start... Uh, reading through the player's handbook you'll be able to see which weapons that you're proficient with and then there's also a weapons list again I, I, you just have to type it into google or even read through the book and you will find it in the book uh, second to last question that i've got here is when is it my turn and what can i do uh, so when i've been running the games throughout the week one of the games that i run is for uh working with kids and and that tends to be quite a lot <laughs> of the uh, the first sort of question that they'll ask when they first come into it so when is it my turn when you're in the uh the the role-playing part of it when you're conversing with the characters within this world really uh, it can it's if it's too much of a rabble the, the dungeon master will say, right, look, we're going to roll and see who gets to talk first here. But if you're going into situations, you say, oh, yeah, I, I join them in approaching the orc in the corner. You're then in that situation. So you're now, it is now your turn effectively with the other person that's at the table. Um, when you're playing D&D &D and you go into a battle, uh, it works a little bit different where 
the dungeon master will dun, dungeon master will ask everyone to roll a d20 to roll for their initiative and it is that initiative roll that will determine where you get to take your turn on the turn order so if you roll a high number you'll usually be one of the first ones and if you roll a two you're probably going to be near last to get to make a move and then it just keeps rotating round through everyone um, usually it helps as well if somebody takes a note of what people rolled at the table so that you can see when your turn is coming up as well or if the dungeon master uses pegs to show where each person is on the turn order um, it, it usually helps to have a visual aid and last but not least what is the player's handbook so this is the official handbook that's released by dungeons and uh, by wizards of the coast they are the publishers of the dungeons and dragons books there's quite a few of the books and the most important one for if you're really going to be pursuing this after you've played your first couple of games and you're like yeah you know what i actually really enjoy this game then you're probably wanting to get the player's handbook the the player's handbook covers everything that you as a player needs to know it won't cover things that say uh that the dms the dungeon master's handbook will cover um because there's certain things as a player that you don't need to know and if you're just showing up there to play a game there's certain things that you, your character won't innately know so in the back of the book for instance it, it has things like character, character stats basic things like a dog or a rat and that's because you as a player would probably if you have existed in this world up until the age of whatever age your character is usually starting about 13 upwards they'll have an idea of how tough a rat can be but as you begin to go further into the world and you come across something weird like a demon your characters probably never encountered that before and they may not have been taught about it so they won't actually know how how tough it is how how much health it would naturally have and because of that you won't have that stat in your your handbook and i would recommend that when you come across these things in the future start taking a note of the info that you're getting from that start remembering this stuff so if you come across a vampire how tough was it to actually kill that or a zombie for instance how tough was it to actually kill those zombies when you came across them in your your last game remembering little tidbits like that or keeping note of them will make it that when you come across them again in the future you've already thought through how to really handle them the player's handbook is really really useful uh, but again it can be quite pricey over here in the uk it's about 30 or 40 pounds maybe even 50 certain places that you look in america i imagine it's more than that um i would say starting off with you don't need the player's handbook to play the game you just need pen and paper if you can go on google look up a character generation um yeah there should be like a character generator that you could type in DD character generator for fifth edition or even just go to orc pub i don't know if that's still running i think it is orc pub 2 um it's been a while since i've had to use it um or Thirdly, you can just go to D&D Beyond and I think they have a, a character sheet creator. If you create an account, I think they give you three or four for free. 
as well as that if you don't want to deal with things on a computer if you have a phone it's a smartphone you can download the character sheet creator um there's plenty of different apps that are on the app store that you can use to keep as a character sheet again in the player's handbook it will only have the basic stencil of a character sheet you're supposed to copy it and print it out so that you can make more than one character for your player's handbook so i've covered quite that that's the the 10 questions that tend to come up whenever i first introduce uh, a lot of the the new folk uh, that come along to any of the dungeons and dragons nights that i'm hosting um i hope that it's been worth your time sitting listening through this uh, i'll be trying to create more in the future so if you want you can give, give this uh, podcast a follow and i hope to speak to you in the future thanks for listening